0: Matt, can,
1: can you talk into into your mic? So I can... uh, one,
0: two, three, four, five, right. six. You're good to go. So you need any headphones, not if y'all don't no. need, I don't no. need, I can hear you unless you're taking calls.
1: righty, <laughs> Tom, Tanya, want to talk a little bit?
0: Yo, well, yo, How yo. do
2: you, how do you keep your call-ins, PJ?
0: <laughs> we have a drop button. I think that's oh, the, the, you the just big, drop them don't out. get me wrong, I'm not telling you all what to do. <laughs> no, this I'm is kidding. your, this is your thing. It's just, uh, you know. I, I, your language goes a level above even what I do on the podcast. So, I was listening to you the other
1: night. It was after one of the games, and this guy had called in, and he was like, "He was mad at you that you were talking shit about Kentucky, like that you had questioned you that they." It didn't
0: even take you thirty seconds no. to get out of the to, get to, to drop the, the cuss word. All
1: right, go ahead. He he was mad that you had questioned that Kentucky might actually not win. Yeah. And, uh, and and your response was basically, that's not good radio. Why would I talk about how great Kentucky is? And I could really relate to that, Matt, uh, because people give us hell all the time about, you know, criticizing things. And- well,
0: I, I mean, my view, <laughs> my view, first of all, is that what makes a really good radio show is to just be honest and to be who you are, so to be a real human being. Yeah. And unless you're, you know, Baghdad Bob or any – member of the House of Representatives who's a Republican. Not everything your leader does is great. right? So I, there is a... So for me, I think you just... Our goal is to be just like the fans, and sometimes you're happy about your team, and sometimes you criticize your team. Yep. But the great thing about that show is it's something that doesn't happen a lot in America, which is every single type of human being calls it. And I mean that. Like, there are federal judges who call my show. Yeah. There are people from... Louisville people from the hills of eastern Kentucky people Senators <laughs> senators. I mean I had Marco Rubio call in <laughs> Randomly one day before the Before the Florida game That really doesn't happen in American life anymore Where people of all types Come together for one thing And sports may be the only thing that can bring it together And I really like that And the post game show is the best Because it's on WHAS Which yeah. can be heard in Colorado, Georgia So you get people who call from Canada That's a really cool thing
3: yeah, yeah. My all time favorite Wildcat Collins show guy is Jeff from Hazard. <laughs> <who> <laughs> I says, know, him. He says. Uh, <laughs> It, the best comment he ever had was when Tubby was on He said uh, <laughs> Now it ain't that I don't like you Tubby I just don't like Tubby Ball Thank you <laughs> just, <laughs> just <abruptly laughs> hang, Thank you. It's comment. amazing on the radio
0: And this is mostly people from the mountains It's amazing what people will just say right to you Right. You know a guy called me today And he goes Matt I just want to tell you I love you, love you more than anything Keep your nose out of politics Bye <laughs> And that's exactly what he said And I was like well, you know, Jeff, I think his name is Jeff, a different Jeff. I was like, you know, Jeff, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. I was waiting to hear what you thought before I made the decision about whether or not I'm going to run. Well, let's talk about
3: Let's just jump in right there, Matt. I know that there was a lot of buzz, I guess, maybe. When was that? Twenty. When was the Andy Bar race?
0: 20, well, I considered it in 2015. The race was 2016. 2016, right, right. yeah.
3: And that's what, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you, I, I remember the political article that came out. I don't know if it was a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. That we're talking about how the, you went down to the to DC for the training from the Democratic Party, yeah. and you
0: came away from it disillusioned. Well, it's kind of a late. long story if you want me to tell it, but I do think it's an important story. Please do. So, in twenty fifteen. I was the MC at Fancy Farm. They asked me to be the MC at Fancy Farm. God. And basically all nice. I did, I decided I was like, look, if I'm going to do that, I'm roasting everybody up there. Cuz normally that's not what they did. Normally the people would be like judge executives who would give speeches. I'm like, I'm not giving yeah. an ex- I want to make fun of everybody. And for our
1: listeners, Fancy Farm is like the Iowa State Fair basically. That's
0: a good analogy. Except Kentucky. except it's like people's cheering and booing. So people cheer who they like, they boo who they don't. Right. So I got up there and Mitch McConnell was up there, uh, all the state candidates and i just roasted them make made fun of them um you know and and crushed them
2: moscow mitch well that was (laughs) pre-moscow mitch this was like saying
0: you know matt bevin and and mitch mcconnell didn't like each other at the time and i said you know hey matt bevin mitch mcconnell's about to leave and you may still have 99 problems but a mitch ain't one like stuff like that really puns and things that can work in a big audience so he they, like a week later, I get a phone call from the National Democratic Party and they from the DCCC and they say, Matt, we want you to run for Congress.
3: That's it. I just got to throw a couple of puns out there now. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, like, and the reason was they hit, and I said, well, that's weird. Why? And they said, we've done a bunch of polling and you're the person who can win. Well, wow. it's, it's
3: interesting because, like, I'd heard your name mentioned for ton of, even before that like it's i guess ever since just the rise of ksr that there's always been sort of that because you've not shied away from that i guess
0: maybe so but back then i didn't talk politics a lot i mean a little
3: my my earliest engagement with ksr politics that i was impressed by was when you came out and took like a strong stance on some of the coal stuff like maybe oh,
0: yeah. two twenty 2010 2011 i early. i've always felt like since in kentucky i was probably one of the loudest voices from the mountains. I thought it was important to take up from the mountains. But what was interesting then is they asked me if I about doing it, and they never asked me what I thought. There was never a point where they said, Matt, we think your positions are. They just said, you poll better than anybody else right. in the district. Would you think about doing it? And I was like, I don't know. And they said, we're having congressional boot camp in a few weeks. <laughs> So I don't know if people know this. Congressional boot camp is the Democrats, and I'm sure the Republicans do the same.
2: It's hell. They it bring the
0: 50 or 60 candidates that are in swing districts, uh-huh. and they teach them how to run for office, basically. And they pick the people, they bring the people that they want to win.
3: So this is like the Nike, AB, or the Adidas ABCD camp. Yeah, it's perfect. like the peach jam. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. House. yeah, yeah.
0: So they invited me, and I went, and it was a three-day session on how to run. And they went through and and in meetings, you know, Nancy Pelosi and and all these folks would come up to me and be like, you got to run, you got to run, you got to run. And in three days, not one person ever asked me what I believed on any issue. No one. And back then I didn't speak out about a lot of issues. No one, not only did they not ask me, I know they didn't care. So at the end of it, Sherry Bustos, who is at the time, who at the time was, I think, the head of some part of uh, getting people to run she gets up and says it doesn't matter what you believe it doesn't matter if you visit the places the only thing that matters is money 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 (laughs) so they're explicit about this no no she was explicit i I, I very much remember money 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 (laughs) money yeah and she said that's what i want you all to take away from this go get money and I remember thinking, that is the party. saddest thing yeah. that I yeah. have ever heard. And that's when I was like, well, I don't want to be a part of that. And that's why. Honestly, I left there knowing I wasn't going to run, basically, because of the boot
3: camp. Well, how did they treat you being from Kentucky and knowing that like, some of the heavier hitters in Republican politics are who you would be challenged? Well,
0: with? I in 2014, I had interviewed Mitch McConnell. And if you, if you go on YouTube, if you put in Matt Jones, Mitch McConnell, you can find the interview. And, and I really flustered him. Like, it was about 15 minutes. He stammered all over the place. I did something reporters don't do with him, which is don't let him be evasive. Right. Like, when he says, oh, I don't know, I say, now, wait a minute. And he did his famous line, which is now quoted a lot, where he said for the first time about climate change, I'm not a scientist.
1: Right. And by
0: the way, he was the first one to do that. Now, if you listen, lots of Republicans do that. But he did that on my show, and I was like, well, you're also not a doctor, but you have opinions on healthcare." So, like... What do you mean you're not a scientist? (laughs) Um, So I think they had heard me do that. And so they did like that I would kind of spice it up with these politicians. But this process that I'm doing right now has been a lot more about Mitch McConnell. That one, they didn't care. They just said, you can beat Andy Barr and that's all that matters. Right, right. Which is, you know,
3: it's interesting. And and I want to talk about this a little bit. And, you know, we can, if you don't want to dull this out here, that's fine too. (laughs) We can cut it out. But you know, much has been said about the person that lost to Andy Barr in that particular race. And in particular, <laughs> uh, in conjunction with why you're no longer the host of Hey Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Why don't you speak on that situation just a little bit? All
0: right, so Amy McGrath, who I'm not just saying, I think she's a nice person. And I think she has, you know, she's done she was in the military. I think she's a. I think she deserves to accolades for that. With that said What in this Senate race, what they've done with Amy McGrath is exactly what they tried to do with me in the House race in 2016, which was we pick her now everybody else get out of the way. And and as such
2: money, money, money.
0: Oh well, I mean she's raised she's raised a record. She's raised more money than like all but four of the presidential candidates. I think Warren, Bernie, Biden, and Mayor Peter—the only people who've raised more money than her.
3: Well, do you think it's? I mean, like the thing about running against Mitch McConnell is you're going to get these massive donations, particularly from like you know liberals in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and all over the place. Like it's going to instantly up your profile nationally. You're going to get rich of it. Like, do you think that like? Because to me, you know. When I'm seeing her on TV or she's doing her little videos, there's nothing there. Like she, like even by her own admission, that's well, not she me can't talking win. I mean, slack. listen,
0: I, I say this with all due respect, she cannot win. Nah. Um, here's my view: no matter who the nominee is, in the end, after our primary, they'll have all the money they need. Yeah, the whole country hates Mitch McConnell. So right. M- Mitch McConnell raises a ton of money, but here's the other thing he does: he raises a ton of money for you too. Right, like the hatred of him is is so much. So. The National Party thought Amy can raise a lot of money. But to me, that's the dumbest reason to pick a candidate in this race. Because anybody, I mean, you could Crap. pick anyone and they're going to have money. People cannot stand him. Right. So to me, the question should be, who's the best candidate in Kentucky? And so Amy. McGrath, so when Amy McGrath started, she came out and said, I would have voted for Kavanaugh. And then three hours later, she said, I would not have voted for Kavanaugh.
3: Yeah, she did that false start with like the whole pro-Trump yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> well, then she said, I will be sort of more Trump than McConnell. Like come on. Who tried right. to out Trump? Yeah. Nobody yeah. believes that. I mean, no there's not one person that A believes that. And B, if somebody really wants somebody for Trump, they'll just pick McConnell. Like yeah. they're not gonna pick you.
2: Well, who gave her this bad of advice is my question. Is this really where the Democratic Party is giving the literal the, worst I think, advice?
0: I think what happens with there's two things. I think Washington Democrats have no idea what we're like. Like, we are we are foreign species to them in Kentucky because they don't know any Kentucky Democrats except John Yarmuth, who I like John Yarmuth, but he's not like the people in this part of the state. Right. So that's number one. And number two, Kentucky Democrats are too scared to be for anything.
2: They literally are. They, they run are. on a platform.
0: And listen, I hope... I hope Andy Bashir is elected here in a couple days, and, and he's done better than most, to be honest with you. But most candidates, including him, their goal is to get through the election without having to take any stances.
2: They are absolute cardboard cutouts. They are. It's
0: pitiful. And I think that so people told her, look, abortion's tough. Don't take a stance. Guns are tough. Don't take a stance. Trump's tough. Don't take a stance. And that's just not how you you, you people know when you're full of it. Yeah. They know it. And so, here's what I say. 75% of my listeners are Trump fans. Like when you listen to that post-game show, yeah. those are mostly Trump fans. They know how I feel. They know I don't like Trump. What I say is, you like Trump. I don't. But we both don't like Mitch McConnell. So why don't we unify on that? And it works. Because people respect you if they know where you come from
3: think that well i mean in terms of like i would rather take a stance that was highly unpopular and be authentic about it as opposed to doing this like you know like like you said the abortion issue if you looked at that the governor's primary it was like a like a gradient You start. Mm -hmm. You start with Rocky, who was just like, "Nope, don't believe in it." And then Andy's like, "Eh, "You know, I I wouldn't do it, but you know, I support a woman's right to choose." And then you finally got to Adam, who was like, "You know."
0: But I think more people have respect for Rocky or Adam's position than Andy's. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Which is why I think both Rocky and Adam would have had a better chance of winning this race. Well, they both have more personality. I just think people want you to be honest with them. So, like. I would bet. I don't know, but I would bet all three of you have more progressive positions than I do. But I would still say to you or a room full of people like you exactly what I think, even if folks don't like it. the
3: The thing to me is, if you look at who they've been running, they just keep running these like sort of recycled progeny of like the Democratic Party kingmaker. So it's like it started with uh, Jack Conway, that was you know Judge Allison lundgren Grimes. Jerry Lundgren-Grimes, Clinton Knight, long-time Democratic kingmaker. And then, you know, like the latest is Andy. And like you said, you know, it's like obviously I prefer Andy over, you know, Matt Bev i trying to hold it back here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, who, who thinks that, like, people are going to get excited about those types of candidates? It, particularly in this time where we're at where people kind of hate rich people at the
0: moment. All those candidates have one thing in common. Their number one position is they just want to win. Yeah,
3: same that's bitch, it. Yeah.
0: That that that's the position. And we're also, I think you hit a great point. Put ideology aside. Here's the one unifying trait in America: the thing that people that elected AOC in the Bronx thought, and the people that elect, you know, whoever the craziest conservative you can find in the South. They like people who are outsiders. They do not like the establishment. And yet in Kentucky, we think that the way to win is to run an establishment person. Right. I mean, you all probably, I don't know what you think. I'm not trying to put stuff in your head, but there are people out there who think, okay, the way to win in Kentucky would be to be a progressive who stands up for all progressive ideas. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but I think they would get more respect than the moderate who doesn't say anything. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand why why we do that. But I also would say this: the National Democratic Party encourages it because they don't know what people here are like. Nah. Right?
2: Do you think this impacts our low voter turnout? This is why so many people are just like, "Screw it." There's no reason.
0: Most people don't think anything's going to change, no matter who wins. Yeah. And that's I think that's why Trump, in this area where we are, the reason people like Trump is they think he's going to burn it all down. I think that's nonsense. I think he's actually pretty mainstream, but he's just with rough edges. But they think he's going to burn it all down, and that's what they kind of want. They want a reset on regular politics, and that's and and Democratic candidates are not really giving it to him.
2: For better or worse, yeah. Well, I just kind of am surprised that um, you say the majority of your callers uh, on the show are Trump supporters because
0: seventy five percent at least.
2: You think it's, I would assume the majority of your callers don't vote. That's what the numbers are in well, Kentucky. Th-
0: th- that's a very valid point. I, when I say supporters, I don't mean that they actually vote. I mean, like, if I asked them, who are you for, for president, they would say, they would say Trump. But you're right. Most probably don't vote. I think that's, I think that's a very good point. Um, I think I'm one of the very few progressives in America that sits and talks to conservatives all day, every day. <laughs>
2: We live in Wattsburg, Kentucky No, 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 I mean on my show <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're,
0: Now you're all's audience, might I don't know what your audience is It's I,
3: not It's not those people
2: I don't mean our audience, I mean our daily Oh, no, 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 no,
0: I mean there are yeah. progressives in every small town yeah. in, in I'm saying on In a media establishment gotcha. I'm not sure there's a progressive In America that talks to more conservative Folks And I think I know how to reach Them in a way that Certainly, Washington Democrats don't.
2: So, do you think uh, Louisville Cardinal fans would vote for you?
0: I don't know. I, well, first of all, I think, man, they hate you on the rivals board. <laughs> no, I think ninety-eight percent of them, if it's me versus Mitch, and they already are a Democrat, they'll they'll vote for me in a primary. Though, I generally think that's a real issue. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Like to me, sports is so different than life that I am like, of course, you shouldn't vote based on who I root for and the fact I made fun of your team for having strippers in the dormitory. But for some people it happens, but here's what I would say. Mitch McConnell is a huge U of L fan. Kentucky conservatives have voted for him. Rand Paul went to Duke and is a Duke fan. Kentucky conservatives have voted for him. If they can get over it, then I would assume Louisville progressives and liberals could hopefully get over me being a Kentucky guy.
2: Well, yeah, our friend drew, uh, He's a stand-up comedian, and he says, you know, at this point, we talk about religion, we talk about uh, church and and politics for sure, but what you really can't talk about in a mixed room are sports because yeah. it divides the audience immediately.
0: <laughs> in Kentucky, that's especially true. Yeah, I think that most Louisville fans though have a caricature of me as like this big evil. You know, they don't listen to my show daily; they just see a tweet that I said where I made fun of something. But it will be. I, I mean. It'll be an issue. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it, it'll be an, and it'll especially be an issue if I run in a primary because they will play up the divide that exists in this state, which in many ways is Louisville and Lexington and everybody else. I think in the primary, if I run, Amy McGrath will play up the Louisville part heavy. It's thirty five percent of the Democratic primary vote comes from Louisville. Wow, that's really? crazy. Is that is that, uh... that or that's what it was in like twenty sixteen? It doesn't surprise me though.
2: <clears throat> Were you shocked to see um four years ago the primary here go for Bernie?
0: No, because I think Bernie Bernie and Trump are cut from the same burn it down cloth. I mean mm. Bernie is on the other side and Bernie I think is much more intelligent yeah. about his views. <laughs> Bernie's more of a build it up than Bernie. <laughs> but yeah, why I know what But I mean think. Bernie <laughs> believes the system as a whole needs radical change. Right, right. Trump says he does, but he doesn't really do doesn't that. Really but that. but he says it, and I think Bernie does the same. And I can and I can see why that would appeal. I mean, I people forget we still have huge amounts of the state that there are really Republicans who are registered as Democrats, and they vote in the primary, and they're going to vote for Joe Biden.
3: It's probably the reason why, you know, in that Kentucky prim, Democratic primary, Hillary eked Bernie out, but like. It but wasn't.
0: most of those, well, I think Hillary's a little different because I think these people I'm talking about, these are people who were blue-collar. So these are people who are blue-collar progressives. Economically, they're progressive. On Socially, they're very conservative. Right. These people exist in large part in western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's full of them. And there are some in eastern Kentucky, rocky world. right? right. Those people hate Hillary Clinton. Because Fox News taught them to. They don't hate Joe Biden as much. And I think that's why a lot of those people voted for Bernie out of a protest. I think they'll end up voting for Joe Biden in in this one. Yeah, I I mean, I think, you know. Or they want
2: to smoke weed one day, legally.
0: (laughs) You know what I think? I think Donald Trump is going to come out for marijuana legalization, and that's going to be his push to get young people. (laughs) <laughs>
3: well, you're seeing. I mean, you no, no, yeah. I genuinely believe. I so. no, you're seeing this. You're seeing like you're seeing these reactionary, far right conservatives doing things like criminal justice reform and giving like I think like he's here's why I think he's going to do
0: it. Donald Trump's got to win. The presidential election comes down to three states. Forty seven states honestly are irrelevant. I know people don't want to say that, but it's the truth. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. That's the election. If we win North Carolina, Georgia, Texas, even better. But really, we need to win Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The people in those states, there are no new Trump voters in those states. Like, who didn't vote for Trump that now will vote for him? Nobody. Right. So the only way Trump can create new voters is to pick some issue that people don't already hate him on. So it's not going to be immigration. It's not going to be abortion. Like, people who like him for that already do. I think it's marijuana. I think he will look at the young people out there that think that think Donald Trump's crazy Maybe mean Maybe not what they like And he'll say I'll legalize weed And I think that'll be what The way he believes He can win
3: I, That's my prediction uh, on, that, on that same tip too I also think That there's a chance Particularly because You see the outgoing um, Who's the bureaucrat That's over The student loans What's his name
1: Betsy DeVos No 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 Betsy <laughs> DeVos I forget his name Anyway <laughs>
3: The news this week that the guy that's like... I guess he m- might be the undersecretary of the Department of Education or something recommended that they abolish student loans. I think that is another way that... Well, and the new
0: head of the DEA who just got sworn in, I think, this week, or got just got confirmed by the Senate, like this week, has in the past come out and said we need to relook at marijuana. No. So, I mean, I, I just think I think they are building towards... Cause he's the one Republican that can do it. Cause none of the other Republicans will criticize him for it. Yeah, you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I think I see what you know. I could see a situation where that all like the, the all the Trump Republicans give all these concessions that like some younger people want, you know, the marijuana, the student loan forgiveness, and all that, so they can just you know have the cover to keep <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. making money disappear I mean, into the. You own ask
0: pot. Mitch McConnell. Would you trade marijuana legalization for another tax cut for the wealthy? He'd say yes, a hundred percent, because that's all he cares about. Yeah, I mean Mitch McConnell, I think he only cares about really, from an issue standpoint, two things: judges and tax cuts. Yeah. And yeah. to re- be honest, the reason he won't call Trump out for anything is he cares about judges and tax cuts, and those are the two things he's gotten
2: because yeah. those equal money for him. Those but positions.
0: also, I think they equal the. Th- Mitch McConnell's base is not in this state. Mitch McConnell's base are the rich people of this country. And that's what they care about. He has no base in Kentucky. I mean, you guys are here. You know anybody in Letcher County that likes Mitch McConnell? No, No, I don't. People here hate him. We've traveled all over this state, and I have tried to find people who like Mitch McConnell. And it is hard.
2: I feel the same way about Bevan. I don't know what religious people
0: knows. like Bevan. That's ah. the Bevin at least the has church. the base of the church. Mitch doesn't even have that. True, religious people hate Mitch. Religious people because they. I mean, Mitch. I don't know if he goes to church or not, but he's not outwardly religious. He was booed at CPAC a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Bevan is Bevin at least has the church folks. I don't know Mitch's base.
3: So let's let's pivot and talk about that for a little bit about the. A gubernatorial election next week. What?
0: Uh,
2: I can't believe it's next week. What's my, our predictions?
3: Bevin said God. he's going to win by six to ten points.
2: Did but he? Did Wendy say that? A
3: couple nah. days ago. Uh, yeah,
1: maybe a couple days ago. Well, he was caught. Um, I think the biggest development of the election, so f- or in the last few days, is that he was caught in a lie, saying, I guess in the third debate, um, okay. Bashir had accused him of saying. That people were, I think, killing themselves on the floors of casinos. Oh, casinos. Matt
0: had said on a radio station in in Katie's Kentucky that people that every day at some casino in America someone commits suicide, right?
2: Because they've like ruined their life in that casino. Yeah, yeah.
0: he said every day, and Bashir called him out on it. Right. And Bevin said, "I didn't say that and he goes, "Yes, you did, and he said, Show me the tape. <laughs> and the next day they released the tape right <laughs> but it doesn't matter, really it's yeah, bevan was feel, just,
2: I feel like he lies constantly
0: he <laughs> lies about things that there's no reason to lie about a, right like
2: because he thinks that that's why people like Trump no, like it's on a trump kick.
0: what bevin doesn't realize like i I, I don't like Trump, I'm sure you all do not yeah. but to but Trump has to the people that like him a likable personality. It's not yeah. to me. No. But to the people that like him, I don't think Bevin's personality is likable to anyone, and he doesn't realize that. <laughs> he doesn't realize that he has no charm.
3: Yeah, he doesn't have an ounce of the charisma no. that Trump has. I yeah. mean, it's superficial charisma, but he doesn't have even have that. Oh,
0: so I just I, I think he thinks I'm going to be like Trump, and like be all you know, wear the suit. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to be like Trump, and I'm going to call him out and say <laughs> fake news. But yeah. the thing is, when he says it, it's sort of like. A joke from Chris Rock works, but then when your dad tells it, it's not as funny. When Absolutely, he, when he's like, you know,
2: this is his this is his whole act. You can see him trying to replicate Trump, and and, but he's just
0: not good at it. <laughs> and and I think that's now I think Bashir wins, but I wouldn't bet any money on. It. And I'm a gambler. <laughs> I mean, if you made me pick, I'd say Bashir by three, but if it was Bashir by six or Bevin by eight or anywhere in between, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Yeah. Jesus. I go back and forth. For the longest time, all year, I've said Bevin's for sure going to win. I've kind of wavered in the last. Well, what's going to happen in Legend County? Because
0: but... honestly, if Bashir's going to win, the mountains have to come through. Like, So people say to me, Matt, how could you beat Mitch McConnell? Here's the answer. Back when we won, Democrats in Kentucky, we won by winning Louisville, Lexington, and Eastern Kentucky. Right. That's how we won. Louisville's become more Democratic than it was. I mean, it used to be like 55-45 Democrat. Now it's like 75-25. Lexington's become a little less Democratic, but it's still Democratic. Eastern Kentucky's where we have lost. So what I say is I'm from here. We haven't had a senator from Eastern Kentucky in 80 years. I win the mountains. I spend all my time in the mountains. If Bashir can win in places like Letcher County, or at least keep it really close. Mm-hmm. He will win. If he doesn't, I think Bevin wins because Bevin's going to win Western Kentucky by a lot. Yeah, he's going to win Southern Kentucky by a lot. He's going to lose Louisville by a lot. He's going to lose Lexington by a lot. This decides.
2: I feel like there was a lot of support in the mountains for Rocky. That's some what for that reason, but also the teachers. Everybody in Eastern Kentucky has a teacher in their family or like you know whatever is connected to teachers, yes. nurses, and the. Uh, the organizing the teachers did over the past two years um ha- got has gotten a ton of attention and <laughs> their whole their whole their whole shtick the whole all the messaging around it was bevin's got to go they've they've blamed bevin on everything which but <laughs> the pension problem's been long, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. A long Once, he keeps of,
3: repeating this line that he's the only governor in Kentucky that ever fully funded the pension is that that's just complete?
0: well there's a little bit of truth to it he's the only governor and legislature because the democrats did it the first time with him then they lost in 2016 he's the only duck governor uh governor that did it but he did it by robbing their health care right so he so he he took from their health care and moved it to the pension Mm -hmm. so he is right it's the first time it's been fully funded but he did it by taking away from teachers health care so he doesn't add that caveat to it um
2: I just think it could it should have been hung on how much Rocky got out and campaigned for Bashir, and I don't know. He said he was going to but He
0: does it up he does it in northeast Kentucky. So if you go up to Morehead, around that Ashland, area. Moorhead, even up to Pikeville, he's out a lot. I, I haven't gotten since he's done it as much down here in South Yeah, Southeast. we've not really seen I mean that. people know people who listen to this all over the country don't know the Eastern Kentucky is all the same. We we feel companionship, but there is a difference between Northeast and Southeast. Yeah. And I think Northeast Kentucky, Democrats are in better shape than they are in Southeast Kentucky. And I think Rocky spends most of his time in Northeast Kentucky. But see, I'm from Southeast Kentucky, like you all, and so it's a little different. You all are in this little heaven, though, of Whitesburg, which is a little different than everywhere else.
2: (laughs) We're basically from Tennessee. Yeah, I, mean, I just did a,
0: did a tour of that apple shop. I mean, how oh, did you? You know, I mean, I don't need to tell you all, but like, that's there's not many places like that in the country, uh-uh. much less in Eastern Kentucky. So it's you guys have a you guys have a base here of progressivism that isn't everywhere else. Yeah,
3: and yeah, we had the folks from Means TV come in. Who did all of like AOC's like campaign ads and everything? And they were like, "Yeah, this just doesn't exist."
0: Do you know AOC's press secretary is from East Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. Morstown. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, totally. When first time I I talked to him on the phone, and I was like, "You sound like me." Wait, a there's second. no there's, <laughs> there's no way you're uh, yeah. you, you're you're doing this, but but so I think he, I think Bashir wins, but you know we'll see.
2: Yeah. I hope so.
0: You know what I like about this podcast? One of your three hosts just gets up and uses a restaurant in the middle of it. Like, you don't hear that a lot. Like, there's not. Like, you don't see. And he didn't even say. He was we were like, cutting it what? out. Amy. He was like, you know no, what? I'm, I'm just going to go it. pee right now. And that's what happens. Because it's a Bernie podcast. This I mean, is what we do. We're
2: in a cabin. Everything's covered in cat hair. I just pulled a cat hair out of my mouth because it was on the microphone. <laughs> this is a real uh, high-budget uh, operation we no, got listen, here. No, let me say. Let me, let, let me
0: kiss up to you just a second. I think what you all have done. In terms of, this is a very cool thing. Like I came from the podcast world. I mean i I had fifteen years ago. If it wasn't the first podcast in Kentucky, it was one of them. Mm-hmm. Like i I heard the word. Let me tell you, I heard the word podcast. I think the first time it was said, Adam Curry. You know who Adam Curry oh, is? Girl. He was one of the first MTV VJ Oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 Adam Curry. You he's, he's shaking his head. Adam Curry. <laughs> went on Sirius XM radio and he created the term podcast. He, and he, I don't know if he had the first podcast, but he was the first person to call digital audio, a podcast. And I remember hearing him and going, man, that's a brilliant idea. Maybe I'll do one of those on UK sports. And I did before iTunes. I mean, you had to like download it from my site and all this (laughs) stuff. And you guys are like what podcasting really is about which is grassroots giving a voice that nobody else has like there is nobody that sounds like you three talking progressive politics that I know of and that takes guts and I, I think it's it's awesome I, I I mean I don't agree with everything you all say but I think it's awesome that you do it I appreciate that oh, thank man you. That's, very, that's mighty decent of you yeah
2: I heard today that um, people listen to podcasts on double speed so they get through them quicker. They do it with me. It, I, that horrified me that there are people out there listening to me on double speed. And they
0: listen to mine on half speed so I sound drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, that's a big thing on KSR is that people do it at half speed to to, to see if I sound, uh, how drunk I can sound Oh, think.
2: my God. Let me ask
0: you all a question. I want. Do you think if I ran, do you think I could beat Mitch in Eastern Kentucky? Because I'd have to.
3: I'll say this. I'll say this. I think that
0: the urinators back. I don't.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm all empty. (laughs) I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the and we and we had talked about this on the Twitter DMs about this idea of these moderate Republicans that vote Democrats Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I admit up front, I might be Mm -hmm. wrong about that. And my only body of evidence is is Eastern Kentucky. That's my only reference point. But I do think that if such a thing is real, then I think that you are one of the people that could not only pull some votes, a lot of votes in eastern Kentucky, but also sort of slim those margins in western Kentucky and southern Kentucky and other places where the Republicans, you know, and maybe that's just by virtue. of what And you, you don't do. just
0: have to get Republicans to vote Democrat in Kentucky; you have to get people who registered Democrat, to vote. who voted Democrat their whole life, to vote Democrat. So. Remember, still, in, still today, 58% of all registered voters in Kentucky are Democrats. Still today, 58%. And of the actual people that show up to vote, of all voters are Democrat. That's why the polls here are always so skewed because they, when they poll people, make sure that they get 56% Democrats because that's the turnout on election day. The problem is not all Democrats are created equal in Kentucky. So if you poll all Louisville Democrats, you're going to get a twisted view of what the electorate is going to be on election day. But if a candidate could just get the people whose families voted Democrat and they voted Democrat, but something changed their mind whether it be Reagan, Obama, or Trump. Just get them to do what they've already done and what they do in their local races to do it in a national race. You can win.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. I think the other part, too, is... And 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 this is what I say when I'm out there stumping or whatever all the time. But there is such... And granted, it's a much older generation. But I feel like there's such a... Um, sort of just visceral tie to the Democratic Party of, like, the FDR New Deal era. Yes. Era still.
0: If FDR ran here again tomorrow, he'd be popular.
3: Yeah. He'd no, win. No doubt about that. <laughs> and I think that style of politics is, I mean, if, if you could just sit in sort of Bernie's popularity amongst young people, is something that you could get a younger generation that might not have the same proximity as that older generation to sort of come around and you get a strong coalition off of those type deals, I think. And, and and if you look at it, it's like, say what you want about Bernie, but Medicare for all is almost a mainstream, Is well, it is a mainstream democratic
0: position now. I think not only a mainstream democratic position, but a mainstream American position right now is everybody should have health care. Yeah. I don't think that was true even 10 years ago. Oh, God, no. But I think it's true now. I, 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 I judge this based on my seventy-five percent Trump audience, so I can I message test every day. One of the reasons I don't make the mistakes Amy makes is I've message tested all this <laughs> for a decade. All right, because <laughs> right? if I say something and they don't like it, I hear about I it. Say that you right? Clinton
2: level focus grouping.
0: It's not, but I'm it's not. Right? I just say what I think, and if that, if it's if the wording isn't what they think is good, I'll know. Doesn't mean I'll change my mind, but I'll know. I've been talking about everybody should have health care for a decade. When I say it now, nobody bats an eye.
3: Yeah. Well, before we put a bow on this, Matt, I I got to get I, – well, I have an audience with you. I have to get the record set straight on a couple of uh, Kentucky basketball-related items. All right. Okay. I'm curious if you've ever heard this. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear – and I don't know if there's ever been anything written about this. I don't know if this is like just some apocryphal like East Kentucky like folklore – but did you ever hear, or is there like a Bell County analog to this—that Sam Bowie hurt his leg in Maynard Hogg's coal mine?
0: Uh, you know, I've heard that. I don't know if it's true, but that Oscar Combs has, <laughs> I think, has said that to me. That that that, that Sam Bowie was visiting it. They t- Joe B. Hall would take his players and show them coal mines to show them where the fans came from, and he tripped or something. And hurt because he was trying to get down. I don't know if that's true, but oh I've heard that God. story. So
3: that's sorry because we there's like a million different versions. One, it might my not have been
0: that coal mine, but I've always heard it was a coal mine, right? Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's a good I hadn't heard, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that in a long time, but you're right, that is a story.
3: My favorite version of it is that uh, Sam Bowie was riding on the back of a three wheeler that uh, uh dinner bell Mel Turpin, God rest his soul, was on, and they flipped it. <laughs> And then it landed on his
0: leg. I he don't believe just- I heard that. <laughs> I don't think I think any coach that allowed Mel Turpin and Sam Boo to get on the same four wheeler. Oh, a they coal be, mine. They, yeah we they, did a coal mine, they would not be the coach very long. What, right.
3: What's your other one? So there's that and then the other thing I was wanting to to, to uh, bring up was the Billy Clyde era. Some oh of the gosh. stuff like the pop tarts like what's the most outrageous thing that you've ever confirmed well, the, okay really so confirmed
0: of? is the key i mean i, I there are outrageous things <laughs> right. i mean i could tell you a story that you would not even believe is plausible that i am 98 percent true but the two percent is a lawsuit if i'm <laughs> right you know what i mean um but you know the, the the josh harrelson stuff and the player stuff i mean the worst thing billy did that i is to the players, is at the SEC tournament, Jody Meeks t- uh, twisted his ankle during the game right. and could barely walk. And Billy thought he was faking it because he hated Jody Meeks. And they, lit, they were – the arena was like two miles from the hotel. And they got on the team bus and he looked at Jody and said, get out, you're walking. And again, he could barely walk because of his ankle. And he was going to make him walk. back back to the hotel
2: and he had already
0: done similar things in the past not with people hurt but like he made josh harrelson ride home on the equipment bus because he didn't play well at a game and he said to the bus driver go and patrick patterson went and kicked the door and all the players got out and were going to walk with him Mm. And so then Billy... So cute. <laughs> ...had to back up. back off, down. But here was his problem. All of the players' families had rented a big mansion in Tampa to spend the, the SEC tournament together. So the story quickly got back to the house, and it became a cauldron of Billy Gillespie is awful. And the next day, they went to Mitch Barnhart and demanded he be fired. And that was really the end of it.
2: Wow.
0: So that was what ushered in the calendar. The I mean, rest. I think he was probably headed for that anyway. Right. But to the, whatever extent there was still a chance, I think that SEC tournament did it in. Yeah. So, you know, for people, for your listeners in L.A. and New York, they're like, who's Billy Clyde and what's U.K. basketball? <laughs> yeah, these are a little, little hyper-specific. Well, let me uh, ask you about that. Okay, I, I know this is your show, but I, I'm curious. You were telling me that a lot of your listeners are all over the country. When I've listened to you, you're talking Kentucky stuff. Why do you think they're interested in that? It's a good question.
1: A
3: lot of people are are just stuck on. It. They're like kind of lost. I think they're like, I don't know who Jim Ward is, but I hate him. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: No, we really have heard that. I don't know who Jim Ward is,
0: but I, <laughs> that's a great answer to that.
1: So yeah, I don't know. I think uh, yeah, go for. It. Well, I think a lot of the things that we talk about and deal with are, things think a lot of people deal Pretty with universal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the most accurate description of our show I've ever seen is that. Um, it's just a really good account of young people living through late capitalism, just trying to survive. And I think that like the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis are just things that are pretty applicable to a lot of people's lives. Well, let
0: me ask, does it bother you? Okay, this is what bothers me, being from the mountains. I'd be interested to hear what you, especially you two, because you're from the mountains. Does it bother you that when well-meaning people come to town to talk about us, how bad they screw it up? And how bad they make us look.
2: That's the whole premise of Apple Shop. That's it the is, whole, yes. What's the whole reason it started. Uh, and, yes, yeah, really, it's honestly the reason this podcast started. Our first episode was about J.D. Vance and his mm-hmm. ridiculous <laughs> telling of uh, what life here is like. Um, and normally we wouldn't care about some. That, that was your
0: first episode? Yep. You know, I had J.D. Vance on, and when I first read the book, The same things that annoyed you all annoyed me. But I did like that it was making people care one way or the other. And I interviewed him. And I actually think he means well but doesn't get it. And that's a whole different conversation we could have.
2: The road to hell. (laughs) Paved. I I
0: actually (laughs) think that with good intention. I mean, you're right. I criticized him the other day on Twitter and he sent me this message. He was very upset. Because I'd had him on before, but that's a perfect example of even people who are thinking they're helping yeah. sometimes aren't.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> I think you know when he's being mulled to be the head of the American Enterprise Institute and talking about you know birth rates in white America, there's a little.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's
3: the way I get. So, off how
0: of it. do you deal with the fact that you're in an area that I presume you love? I would assume all three of you love this area, right? You love the area, you love the people, but the people are slowly every day moving farther from us politically.
3: I think, you know, I don't know. I, I speculate about this all the time about like, and I don't go go for it. Let me get my thought. <laughs>
2: well, I think people with power maybe are moving because they think they have to to get votes. But I, I mean, just like we just talked about healthcare, like oh. Um, everyone in my family even <laughs> who, who I agree with on you know, very little, usually uh, holidays are very tense in my house usually. Mm-hmm. Cause every, it's not just me. It's, you know, a lot of my age cousins, mm-hmm. we, we all have similar views, me and my sisters. And then I have, my mom's one of six. And so I have like, just on my mom's side, I have 30 some cousins. <laughs> so it's just always a, a big weird mix. Um, And just like you said every it, it takes a pretty sick person at this point even if they have good health insurance to say that other people don't deserve care yeah like that is just it's it, i mean it's completely inhumane absolutely and even if you think that in inside which i think is rare it's becoming less and less socially acceptable to say it out loud you. <laughs> you
0: know it's like i've always found you can get people to agree with you on ideas just not people. Yeah. So for instance, I can give almost any position I have outside of maybe one or two and I can get most people to agree with me. That's why I say 90% of Kentuckians agree on 90% of the issues right? Yeah, and it's, it's but it's once you then switch it from healthcare to Trump, then that's a fight. But on the issue, I think people will listen and talk about it. Do you and- agree with that?
2: Well, yeah, and it's like Tom said, most people are united, and I think that's a big um, what people a big thing that people like about our show is that most people are united against billionaires. Like th- these, just people who we know that you can't earn that much money. You steal it, or you uh, in- get it inherited from someone who stole it. Like there's no, you know, that you don't earn that much money. You're not able to earn that much money, especially or well, anywhere. And in America that you don't earn that money, it's stolen from workers. And even my mom who works at Food City, she works four hour shifts and because she can't get overtime, she goes and clocks out and goes back and finishes her job. I've argued with her about this for years and it it's an insane thing to do
0: because she feels like she should.
2: Yeah, because she finished because she has this like <laughs> insane work ethic and she's got to finish her job and then once and when it's her time to clock out she goes and clocks out and then finishes whatever she was doing it's it's crazy anyway um even though like, she will even agree even though she we have we you know I feel like every uh most families have like one person that's kind of like is a boot is like a bootstrapper <laughs> and, and uh, uh it causes um uh, what I most of my narrative about the world shakes it up because they can say, Well look at her. She worked her way up, blah blah yeah. blah. Well we I have one of those cousins. And my mom can at least see now that she that their money is just making money. Like it's her cousin, it's my second cousin. And even though they work hard, mom knows they don't work harder than she does. Yeah. These people do not work harder than my mom. There is no way that none of these rich people work harder than my mom works. Oh, I, I, and I, I she will that. never be out of debt. She'll never have all the things that she needs working where she well, works. Well, I
0: feel bad. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. You know, people say to me, sometimes they talk like about, because I have like three or four different jobs, and they're like, oh, you work so hard. And I say, I do work hard, but there's a lot of people working harder than I am. Yeah. And there's a lot of people working harder than I am for a lot less re- uh, reward. And that really is a problem. And I agree with you that people actually do feel like that. That's why I think you want to win Kentucky. You want to beat Mitch McConnell. Whether it's me, whether it's Amy McGrath, whether it's Rocky Atkins, whether it's Mike Breuer. Tom
2: Sexton. Whether it's Tom Sexton,
0: whether it's Charles Booker. I mean, whoever's thinking about running. The
2: Trillbilly Party.
0: (laughs) You want to beat Mitch McConnell? Base it on workers' rights. I think that is where, in places like Kentucky, the Democrats have lost their way. Because I think if you focus on the working man and woman, you will find a lot of agreement. Because I think... Every, I think if every person in Kentucky that works believes they should be able to work it hard and provide a living for their family and make it for the next generation. And it doesn't, it's, not, it's either not easy or in some places impossible. And if you make that the focus, <coughs> then I think you can, you, 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 can, you can win. I really do. And Trump, for all his awfulness, he gave lip service to that idea. He gave lip service to the idea of you folks have been screwed, and they have. And the thing is, nobody said that before that was a mate that was in the final race. You know, Bernie said, I mean, people have said it, but nobody said it that was one of the two final candidates. And he got up and said, You folks have been screwed by trade deals, by corporations not caring about you, by the end of unions. You folks have been screwed. Now, of course, his policies haven't helped and haven't been interested.
2: Continue to screw people.
0: But he said it. Right. And I think if you say it and then actually do the policies and live it, I think people will will, will come through. That's why I think Mitch McConnell's beatable. I would argue Mitch McConnell's more beatable than the average Republican in Kentucky. People say to me all the time, how you are you going to beat him? I think it would be easier to beat him than it would be to beat Jamie Comer or Brett Guthrie or Hal Rogers. Because those guys are kind of likable, even if you don't agree with their politics. Mitch is awful.
3: Yeah, there's just nothing.
0: I would actually argue he is easier for the Democrats to beat than anybody else.
2: So what's holding you back?
0: So you saw I walked in here with with Eli. Eli's been working with me a couple weeks. This is my staff right here. Like, we're it. Mitch McConnell's got the greatest campaign machine in the history of the United States and that's not an exaggeration. Well, he's got a war chest. Alex, it's Burain, not even just a, think, yeah. it's not even just about the war chest although that's important. It's about the they're smart. They are. They've got all of the tools and they've got the best Republican minds. He is able to get literally the best Republican minds. Well, he's
3: really the only reason their policies have gotten any traction. It's like exactly the Republican right. Party owes a great debt to Mitch oh, McConnell. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And not. so,
0: because of that, taking on him, you have to be ready to go full bore. You have to, as I say, take out Darth Vader. <laughs> All right. Now, imagine you want to take out Darth Vader before you get there. The Jedi force aligns against you, too, because the National Democratic Party doesn't want me either. All right. They want Amy McGrath. So imagine to get to Darth Vader, you've got to beat all them in the first place. And money matters in that race because the other candidate has $10.7 and i got to start from scratch. And I'm a sports radio host who walks around in hooded sweatshirts and has got to find a way to do it and has had 15 years of speaking on the record every single day. Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell's people are going to listen to this podcast for an hour they're going to try to take everything I say and turn it around.
2: Sure, you have plenty of content. To oh, have. they've
3: tried the R.A. R. McGrath episode. We ripped Amy on. <laughs> Their yeah, little I mean, staffers were, were, yeah, they're, like, they're thanks. Gonna,
0: mm-hmm. And now I've got 15 years of shows and 15 years of tweets, and I'm not the same person I was today. Like, the what I was 12 years ago, I was kind of a lame, fratty goober. And I'm and I'm going to have to answer for all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, do I have it to do it? And I I go back and forth all the time. I, it's not easy. And then I'm going to get attacked from both sides. There's going to be things that people will find I've said that the left is going to get really upset. A lot of which I don't believe anymore, but I said, and sure. you got to deal with. And then there's going to be things that my Christian listeners are going to be like, man, I can't believe you believe that. And you just got to decide, do you have it in you? And Mitch McConnell's sitting over there and nothing he does matters.
2: Right, exactly, yeah. So that's why. It could just like But ruin, don't,
0: but let me say this.
2: It could ruin your whole life. It could ruin my,
0: it literally could ruin my, and, and unlike a lot of people, if you're a lawyer and you run and you lose, guess what you can go do again? You go. Be a lawyer. Right. But if your whole career is based on popularity, if you don't have popularity anymore, what are you going to do? But right. with all that said, Eli, I think, said this the other day. It's jumping off a cliff. And you don't know what's going to be on the other side of the cliff. But Mitch McConnell is the worst detriment to democracy in my lifetime. If we could beat him, it would change the United States of America. Literally. No election. You can't really say that about many elections. That it would change. You beat Mitch McConnell, it changes the United States of America. It, It just does. And in my heart of hearts, I believe I'm the person that can do it. And so, when you have that burden, how do you say no? Well, what do you th- when someone like Mayor
2: Pete says that running for president or whatever office is uh, what does he say, Terrence? It's low uh, risk,
1: right? Low risk. Low risk. <laughs>
0: I think. Yeah, he but, but he doesn't have. But Mayor Pete doesn't have my life. Exactly. I mean, I mean, like, it's like. Well, These people are deranged. <laughs> I, I, I had a I had a national Democratic figure say to me, no one running for Senate has really ever seen their life get worse after. But not many people run for Senate that have a pretty daggone good existence as it is. I mean, look, people listening around the country, Kentucky basketball is pretty awesome. It's the biggest thing in this state. Mm-hmm. And most people see me as the voice of it. Right. And to just give that up. Right. And then just get a year of you are the worst human being on earth. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I
2: mean, really, probably the most, the best candidate in Kentucky is Coach Cal.
0: Run Coach Cal oh, dude, against best.
3: I, I kind of like him in his current job. <laughs> you know, Coach, <laughs> Cal,
0: Coach Cal, well, I've got to be careful saying this, but Coach Cal is following this closely. Because uh-huh. Coach Cal, I think, would love to do this. I mean, I think Coach Coach Cal cares about po- – Coach Cal and I talk politics all the time. That's that's the one you little news tidbit Coach- I'll give you here. <laughs> Coach Cal – I'm the one person Coach Cal calls and talks about politics. So when there's oh, something big going on, he'll call me and say, now what do you think about this? Because he knows I care about
3: it. But Here's what I want to say to Coach Cal because one of his refrains out there, he goes, you know, this isn't socialism here. It could take, this isn't socialism, and yet – that his one of his things he loves to say is that that twenty twelve team, Anthony Davis and MKG were the lowest scorers on that team. <laughs> hey, that was social. For the benefit for everybody. I mean there's nothing more
0: socialist than Kentucky that was, you basketball what, that coach. Was, that was <laughs> uh-huh. Well listen, if I do it, I hope you let me come back. Sure. And uh, I'd be glad to talk with you all and again. Keep up the good work. I'm, I'm proud of you.
2: You'll be our first Senate uh, candidate on the I think the, if I run, I will be the
0: first Senate candidate to do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. there are, there, there, I will be a lot different than most people have ever done it for good and bad. Yeah.
2: Well, you said Mitch McConnell's the most, what What did you say? He was the biggest threat to democracy or the most undemocratic. Mm-hmm. It, the Senate is the most undemocratic, <laughs> but, but, but and Mitch is the cherry on top it of it. It will be a
0: different Senate if he's gone. You think? Oh, yeah. You know, he's you know why? First of all, he's good. Like he's good. Like imagine you take Coach Cal out of UK. I don't care who they get after that; they ain't gonna be as good as Coach Cal. No, I, I'm, I'm
3: crying for the day when
0: he's so don't, don't talk about it. So he's <laughs> he but I mean, he's it. good at what he does. Take him out; it won't be as effective. And but in the Senate, I genuinely believe you take out Mitch McConnell. And here's the other thing: if we take out Mitch McConnell imagine the platform Kentucky actually gets because whoever took him out can actually be a Senator for Kentucky. One of the things I'm writing this book, I'm going to plug it real quick called Mitch please comes out in March. I go to all 120 counties and what I'm doing is trying to find out has Mitch McConnell done or not done for Kentucky. I go to every county and I say, show me something in here that Mitch McConnell made happen. Nobody can I found uh, well, one. Where, where have y'all place. been so far? I, I'm almost done. We're this is County 98, and White Letcher County
2: is that what you're number one, one in your hearts
0: though? Not, well, it's my <laughs> 98th to visit. I've got another week and a half of travel. It'll get me to 120. But um, it's amazing for a man that's had that much power how little he's done for this state. Uh-huh. You know, I say this all the time. When Mitch McConnell became the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, the two most important economic engines in Kentucky were coal and tobacco. Twenty years later they're both gone and he replaced them with nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think Alex Perrine of the New Republic said that he's the the errand boy of an errant billionaire class and other than just being a good sentence, I think that's pretty good. Yeah
0: really that's a great sentence pretty good
3: summation of of what he said. I gotta get back
0: to Lexington. Thank you guys.
3: Hey Matt, thanks man. Thanks
2: man.
0: Bye. That was good